You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The views and opinions expressed by Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Professor Charles Porterfield, and Hoodoo is my business. Welcome once again to the Now You Know Show. Well, it would not be live radio or blog talk radio if there was not a technical problem each and every week. And so here we are, here we are. Thank you so much for being so very patient and hanging on with us. Well, what a week it has been around here. The temperature has started to dip down as August has made her regal entry. And as we say here in Texas, it's become right livable out there again. 
That means that basically all we Texans are slowly like little woodland animals creeping out of our homes and the air conditioning and the fans and the swamp coolers and just starting to go, oh, look, here's the state we left behind when summer came in. But it is very, very good to be with you again this week and every week. Before we go on over to the LMC Radio Newsroom, I have a little something that I want to share with you, something that was brought up to me again today uh, quite poignantly, and I want to share it with you. As some of you may know, I do in fact give out lucky numbers, and we give out those lucky numbers on the show each and every week. I also give out lucky numbers for individual clients, and I do so free of charge. The reason I give out lucky numbers free is, well, you never know quite if they're going to hit or not. I think my numbers are good, but, you know, maybe somebody's are better, etc. And all that I ever ask is, if you hit, remember where you get. And I have a lucky number that I want to share with you. And I want to share this lucky number with you, Kirley, if you are female. Uh, This does apply to the gentleman as well, but particularly if you are female and if you uh, are in a situation, I have a lucky number for you. If you are in a relationship right now, where someone is abusing you, where someone is putting their hands on you, as we say, where someone is threatening you, where someone is pushing you around, where someone is enacting physical violence to you to give you a lucky number. That will help you. And I want you to write this down. I've given this lucky number out now to, oh, half a dozen women. And they have used it with great success. And I'm going to tell you how to do the spell work to use the lucky number. Your lucky number, if you are in the situation that I have just discussed, is as follows. Nine, one, one, nine hundred and eleven. Remember, write it down on a piece of paper. Get a pen, get a pencil, write it down on a piece of paper, keep it in your purse, keep it in your pocket, keep it next to the phone. Your lucky number is nine, one, one. And I'm going to tell you how to use this ritually. If you are in a relationship with someone and that person puts their hands on you, that person hits you, that person strikes you, that person kicks you, that person grabs you by the hair and slams your head down into the sink, the wall, the table, 
when they are no longer quite doing that. In other words, when they are then off, but, but in the house, but around, or you know where they are, you will take your lucky number, your magical lucky number that I have given you. You will go to a common everyday phone, and you will pick up the receiver of the phone, and you will press the buttons that relate to your lucky number. You will press 9, then you will press 1, then you'll press 1. A voice will come on asking you the situation, what's, your, what's going on. You will tell the voice what's happening, and then at least two people will come in an automobile to take the individual who has harmed you away. Now, did I just say this with some soft humor? Eh, maybe. Do I mean it in humor? No, not at all. I am absolutely serious. Do not suffer this in silence. You do not deserve it. I don't care what they told you. You do not need it. I don't care what they said. You did not bring it upon yourself. I don't care what their justification is. Do not suffer this in silence. Use your lucky number. Call the authorities and get these sons of bitches out of your life. Because if you do not, there will come a day where either they will feel that they have absolute control over you, and they'll be correct, and you will have lost something of yourself to them forever, or they will kill you. And I don't mean to be too serious here at the beginning of the show, but I had to give out lucky numbers today, and I think you'll understand what I mean by that. And I wanted to make sure that the biggest audience possible, maybe even later in archives, would hear this and pass it on so that people can be taken care of and so that people can get the help that they need. In just a bit, we're going to go across the hall to the LMC Radio Newsroom where our own Phil Patchy Fogg is sitting in this evening. We're so glad to have Patchy back. And uh, then, as I promised you, this is our anniversary month. This is the year anniversary uh, month of the Now You Know Show and the LMC Radio Network. And so tonight, we're going to be introducing a new segment to the show. That's right. And that'll be coming up after the Lucky Numbers, which comes on after, well, the news. gentlemen, this is Philip Fogg reading the news. Today is Thursday, October 8th, the 281st day of 2015. There are 75 days until winter begins and 84 days left in the year. Today and tomorrow are auspicious days to mow, to slow growth, harvest, quit smoking, start a diet to lose weight, or kill plant pests. Once again, today and tomorrow are auspicious days to mow to slow growth, harvest, quit smoking, start a diet to lose weight, or kill plant pests. Between now 
and October 10th is the most barren period of the year for planting. This is the time best for killing plant pests or doing chores around the farm. Tonight and tomorrow are also nights of the Drachnid meteor shower. Look to the northwest near Polaris, the North Star, to find the constellation Draco, the dragon. Normally, meteor showers are best viewed after midnight, but in this case, this is not so. So you can head outside in the early evening and be sure to bundle up. Today's highlight in history comes to us from this date in 2005, when a magnitude 7.6 earthquake flattened villages on the Pakistan-Indian border, killing an estimated 86,000 people. Also on this date, in 1871, the Great Chicago Fire erupted. In 1918, U.S. Army Captain Alvin C. York led an attack that killed 25 German soldiers and captured 132 others in the Argonne Forest in France. In 1934, Bruno Hauptmann was indicted by a grand jury in New Jersey for murder in the death of the kidnapped son of Charles and Anne Morrow Lindbergh. In 1945, President Harry S. Truman told a press conference in Tiptonville, Tennessee, that the secret scientific knowledge behind the atomic bomb would be shared only with Britain and Canada. In 1956, Don Larson pitched the only perfect game in a World Series to date as the New York Yankees beat the Brooklyn Dodgers in Game 5, 2-0. In 1982, all labor organizations in Poland, including Solidarity, were banned. In 1998, the House triggered an open-ended impeachment inquiry against then-President Bill Clinton in a momentous 258-176 vote. 31 Democrats joined majority Republicans in opening the way for nationally televised impeachment hearings. Today's birthday greetings go out to entertainment reporter Rona Barrett, who is 79, actor Paul Hogan, 76, rhythm and blues singer Fred Cash of The Impressions, 75, civil rights activist Reverend Jesse Jackson, 74. Comedian Chevy Chase, 72. Actor Dale Dye, 71. Rhythm and blues singer Aaron Love of the Stylistics is 66. Actress Sigourney Weaver is also 66. Rhythm and blues singer Robert Cool Bell of Cool and the Gang is 65. Actress Stephanie Zimbalist is 59. We also wish to send out air birthday greetings to air member Karma Zane, and Miss Bree. Our thought for today comes from American humorist Will Rogers, who said, don't let yesterday use up too much of t- This has been the news from the LMC Radio News Desk, and we now send you over to Professor Porterfield and the Lucky Numbers. Lucky number, oh, dreaming of lucky number, hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. 
will show for me. Now there's only show for you and me. Superstition. Or even make me suspicious. Table with 13 dishes. It will make me. That's mommy, yeah? Yeah, man. Well, okay. Put my trust in group of dust. Cause you know someday may bring you a seven. Or maybe a lucky eleven. Oh, that's you seeing heaven. Lucky number for me. Yeah. Oh, yes. And unlike the Nicholas Brothers, you need not. Just trust in Goofer Dust because we have got the lucky numbers for you here each and every week. As always, this week's lucky numbers come to us from ProfessorPorterfield.com. Why not slide over there and give it a look? And they are 5, 10, 21, 28, and 37. Once again, those lucky numbers this week are 5, 12, 18, 21, 28, and 37. And those numbers are primarily to be used in your local state lottery. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 318. That's 318. 425, that's 425. And our very hot number of the week, which shall no doubt extremely please our chief engineer here at the LMC Radio Network, Troll Towelhead, 666. That's 666. So once again, those numbers are 318, 425, and 666. The card of the week is the Eight of Diamonds, a windfall, unexpected money, help, or financial aid. So plan now. This is a week for unforeseen gains and monies. A good week to make a small risk in gambling, but be careful to know when to walk away and count your winnings. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out. Till then, good luck to you all. Up next, a brand new section of the show. That's right, folks. We've got a new segment, and we are so very proud to announce it. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our brand new segment of the Now You Know Show, Cooking with Miss Loretta Evans. Each and every week, Miss Loretta Evans will be bringing you a small selection of easy-to-do recipes or quick cooking tips to help you around the kitchen in every way and in every day. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, from the first and second Baptist Church of Quimby, Texas, Miss Loretta Evans. Hello, y'all. This is Miss Loretta Evans, 
and welcome to my brand new segment. I'm so excited to be here with you all and bless LMC Radio Network's hearts for letting me have this little spot. You know, as autumn comes in and we all start getting that chilly weather, a lot of us like to think about dusting off and using that old crock pot that we have sitting on the shelf. Well, although probably each and every one of us has our favorite crock, there are a variety of things that you can do with crock pots that most people don't know about. And this month, I'm going to be bringing you a number of different crock pot tips and tricks to hope to liven up your kitchen and that your family will enjoy. Today, I'm going to be telling you about Easy Baked Potatoes. That's right, Easy Baked Potatoes with a Crock-Pot. You're going to need four baking potatoes well scrubbed, kosher salt, one tablespoon of olive oil, and four sheets of aluminum foil. What you'll do after your baking potatoes are scrubbed and clean is dry the potatoes and prick them a few times with a fork. Coat each one lightly with olive oil and sprinkle them with the kosher salt. Then wrap them up in foil and arrange them inside your crock pot. Isn't that precious? you're actually going to put them in the crock pot. You do not add any water at all. You just put them inside the crock on high and cover it with its lid. You'll continue to cook them on high for four hours or on low for eight hours. You know, if you have to go out and do a lot of things that day, you're real busy, you won't get up in the morning, and you won't just have them baked potatoes for when you come in in the evening, you will do it on low for eight hours or until tender. When your time's up, take the lid off and then with a pair of tongs or using a towel or an oven mitt, take your baked potatoes out of the crock pot, allow the crock pot to cool, unwrap them and serve. Believe it or not, it works. This has been Miss Loretta Evans from the Quimby First and Second Baptist Church and bless y'all's heart. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, Miss Loretta Evans. That's great. And she's going to be here from now on. Apparently, this month is uh, Crock-Pot Month, so she's going to be giving you some unusual Crock-Pot tips. Who would have thought you could cook baked potatoes in a Crock-Pot? Not I, but I trust in you, Miss Loretta Evans. Up next, the Professor's Pontification, the first in the third series of whew, Mercy, Mercy Me. Thank you. 
wasted on the ocean and upon our sea, fish full of mercury. Underground and in the sky Animals and birds who live nearby are Those of you who are already 
practicing root workers, conjure doctors, hoodooists, etc., but also to speak to those of you who are coming up into that, who are starting to go out and decide to become a professional. And as well as that, I've also attempted to speak to those of you who may be going to uh, root doctors, uh, conjure folk, etc. And I've tried to, in my own small little way, guide you along step by step to tell you all the things you need to know to school you so that nobody can fool you tell you what was, to tell you what is, and to help you, with the rest of us, create what's going to be. Tonight we start our third series. You know all about the gambler, the rambler. You know all about appropriation. You know all about where things come from. This time around, we're going to start talking about broader headings. Things in the big world now. No more entry-level stuff. And tonight we're going to be talking about environmentalism. That's right, environmentalism. Now everybody can cringe. Now right now, here's the way it's going. Half of the people listening to my voice are going, yeah, all right, yes. And the other half are going, oh, Jesus, shit, I can't, oh, fuck, oh, God, I can't. Well, let's all just follow along. Hoodoo, it's not it's not ceremonial magic. It's not this, that, or the other thing. It's hoodoo. And we know where hoodoo comes from. Hoodoo originates out of a rural base. It involves herbs and plants. It involves roots. It involves animals. It involves minerals. All of these things come from or live on the land. And way back when, this wasn't such a big issue that we're going to talk about tonight. There were lots and lots of land. And there was lots of clean air, clean water. You go out and find the root, dig the root. You go out and find the bat and get the bat. And find the frog and get the frog and the hummingbird and this, that, and the other thing. But you see, it ain't like that no more. We're in trouble. All right? I mean, we're in trouble. Wake the hell up. You may not believe we're in trouble. You may not think that's true. You may think I'm a extremist. That's fine. You can think whatever you want to think about facts. You may think that global weather change, global climate change is a conspiracy theory. Brought about by whatever cabal you want to fill the goddamn slot in with. Liberals, 
the Bilderberg Group, the New World Order, you can do whatever you want. But the fact of the matter is, it's going on. I don't need a book to tell me it's going on. I don't need a news or need a huge group of scientists to tell me it's going on. I'm glad we have all those things, but I don't need that. And in fact, I stopped talking about this. I stopped talking about this because people didn't listen. People got tired of hearing me talk about this. How long have I been talking about this? I've been talking about this for almost 25 years. Why did I start talking about it? Because I started noticing it. Texas, people think our weather is crazy. They think our weather is confusing. Well, it's not. If you live here, you get a sense of it. And I started noticing the changes. I went through the drought, and we do have droughts from time to time. I watched things alter. I remember well the night I sat and watched the green lightning during the snowstorm. That was a weird one. Slowly but surely, I saw my environment change. I stopped seeing hummingbirds around the honeysuckle bushes. I stopped hearing the late-night chorus of frogs. I stopped seeing the odd random toad and turtle in my backyard, in my front yard, in the park, wherever. Things are changing. Now, problem that sometimes we experience in environmentalism is that often we're caught between two very disparate groups. And I'm now about to piss a whole bunch of people off. And you know how you piss a bunch of people off? It's easy. Walk down the middle of the road and you will piss off everyone that is on either side of you. All those people to the far left of you will get pissed off because you're not where they are. All those people who are on the far right of you will get pissed off because you're not where they are. And quite frankly, my opinion has always been, oh, when you piss off that many people, you, you might be getting near the truth. So let me try to tell you what we're caught between. We're caught between people on one side who are saying, well, there was a winter this year, so fuck your global warming. Well, there have been droughts before. Well, the cycle of things. Well, this is just to try to shut down. Well, man has the blah, 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 blah. Well, science is da, da, da. Well, my favorite, God gave man dominion over the world. We can do anything the fuck we want with it. Let me address some of those real fucking quick. God gave man dominion over the earth. He can do whatever he wanted with it. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to interpret it that way, I don't happen to interpret it that way. I happen to interpret it as a stewardship, guardianship, to kill an olam, to basically heal the world. I, 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 I happen to interpret it that way, but if you want to interpret it 
that way, if you want to get into some sort of dominionism, which that's never been a fucking problem, yeah, no, that's fine. You can do that. But by the same token, if you buy a house and you move into it, it's technically your house, and so I guess you can do whatever the fuck you want to it. So obviously, if you want to throw trash all over your fucking living room floor, if you want to just let the fucking toilet back up and just go, fuck it, it's still a bathroom, to hell with it, and just go in there and piss and shit until it's flowing out under the floor, yeah, great. You know, if you want to just go in there with a gun, a shotgun, just blow holes in anything, I mean, it's your house, you know. You just got to live in it, right? It's your business. Except it's not just your fucking house. It's all of our houses. We all have to live here. There's no other place to go. How are you going to live here when there's no other place to go? What are you going to do? Just, well, we'll just all get on a fucking rocket and go to Mars. Yeah, boy, that probably worked out great. This is it. This is it. This is the only house you've got. Problem is there's money to be made. Oh, there is money Honey, we got better ways. We've got things we can do, but there's not enough money in them. Oh, there's money in them. There's jobs in them. There's infrastructure in them, but there are not billions of dollars for small groups of people, so fuck that. The other problem on this side of the street is this whole thing about, well, I was outside. I love these goddamn congressmen who walk into the house with a snowball in their pocket and whip it out and go, well, there's your global warming. <laughs> you wag. You idiot. We're talking about climate change. Oh, you're just changing the goalposts now. No, you're just being obstructionistic. You just don't give a shit what happens to the rest of us because you have been bought and sold. Or maybe you're just too goddamn dumb to know what's going on. Maybe you're so isolated, so insular, that you go from your air-conditioned car to your air-climate-controlled house to your climate-controlled office to your climate-controlled chambers, and you just have no clue. Well, the rest of us are starting to notice. So there's a lot of problems on that side of the road. They just won't listen. And God help us. They've got God on their side, they think. And they're willing to slash, burn, rape, drill, drill, baby, drill, kill, slaughter, pollute, anything to make the almighty buck. And then they have the unmitigated audacity to tell them, tell us that God said they could. Well, go to your Bible and, and find the place in it where God says, and yea, you shall pollute as you wish to pollute. You shall make filthy as you wish to make filthy. You shall debase, you shall destroy, and I, the Lord thy God, the God of your father and your ancestors, tell you to go ahead and just tear the hell out of everything. Find it. Email it to me. So it's very, very hard to deal with that side. But I haven't pissed off enough people yet. Now I'm going to talk about the other side. And again, remember, I'm talking about extremes. 
I'm not talking about generalities here. I'm talking about the people in the far extremes. People on the other side, in the far extreme, well, their problem is they say, let's just kill all the fucking people. My God, if we could just, if the whole fucking species would to die, wouldn't that be great for the planet? We need more things to kill the fucking humans. Death to the humans. Down with the humans. The humans are out of control. We need to eliminate as many po populations as possible. A good plague would be the thing we need. We need to just grind people up. And then maybe we can save the animals and save the trees and save the planets, etc. Well, problems with that. The first problem is that you're making those who are suffering under the yoke pay the cost. Meaning, the average person in their average life is not intentionally going out and polluting. They're not intentionally going out and using up too many resources. They, if they are, they've been guided into that. They're fucking slaves. Their whole goddamn life has been arranged for them. What they eat, how they eat, how they get to their work, what the means of them getting to their work is, etc. Because there's money to be made. And what you're saying is now, toss them in the fucking fire. And toss their children in the fire, who have done nothing yet. Oh, but they're taking up space, they're taking up oxygen, they're doing this. Think of how much oil is being used. Think of all this up that's being used. We need to kill as many as possible. Well, no offense. You're not a fucking solution. I got one guy over here on this side of me telling me that God told me it was okay for them to just Fuck the Earth. Fuck it over. We don't, man, man, we're all going to go on our spaceship or something. Fuck you all, people. But to hell with you. To hell with you. And I got you on the other side saying, well, let's just kill all the fucking people. Well, you guys kind of sound a little similar to my ass. And second of all, fuck you. That's right. The sequel. Fuck you, too. Now coming to a theater near you. You're talking about my grandchildren. You're talking about my children. You're talking about my wife. Just, just kill these people. Let's kill them. Then we can save the trees. Listen, I'm all for saving the trees. I'm all for saving the animals. I'm all for stopping the fracking. I'm all for cleaning the ocean. I'm all for radical fucking change. I mean radical. I mean, you know, we, I'm talking about re-stirruping the entire goddamn wagon of how we live our lives so that we can continue to have a place to fucking live, so that my grandchildren can have a place to be and not have to breathe poison air with no fucking animals, no plants, no nothing, no nature, all inside some fucking Logan's Run dome. Identify Capricorns 15 through 25. You know, I mean, I'm talking about some radical-ass changes, but when you say to me, hey, let's just start Killing people because it'll you know lower the numbers. Well, Ebenezer, I'm sorry, we've got to part ways. What you're being is callous. First of all, you're being a fucking elitist who fails to see that most people are not engaged in a lot of choices. You're failing to see that there are power structures. Power structures 
who have made it their very mission to create the kind of life we have because it is is profitable to the power structure. Profitable in terms of power, profitable in terms of money, profitable in terms of some sort of crazy ego complex, but profitable. And what you're doing is you're saying, fuck that. This is the equivalent of you walking in to Mississippi during the time of slavery, before emancipation, and saying, my God, look at what this tobacco and cotton crops are doing to the earth. Look how they're just sucking everything out of it. Look at all this waste. Look at everything. We need to kill all these black people. Then these fields could just go fallow and refurbish themselves and and renew themselves, and that would be great. You've lost your path. And so here we are caught between the two of these. And the response of many people is because of these ridiculous extremes, they do nothing. They do nothing. Because they feel like either or. I have to either be over here or I have to be over there. And you don't. You don't. You don't have to be with either of these fucking groups. Yeah, you'll piss everybody off if you're not, but you can do so much on your own. That was it, guys. It was Hugo. Oh, God, this kid. Johnny. Johnny, why do you let this kid in here? Oh, hi, kid. I don't, do you even have parents? I mean, are we, like, raising you or something? Is Anyway, okay, I'll tell you. What has this got to do with hoodoo? What has this got to do with hoodoo is this. Hoodoo has, as a major component of it, a materia magica. And therefore, we gather things because of their magical, spiritual qualities. Certain roots, certain parts of certain animals, and certain minerals. Because everything is going on, it means that we have to take responsibility Just like because a component of hoodoo comes from Protestant Southern Christianity, we have to have a responsibility to that. So too do we have to have a responsibility to environmentalism. We have to be mindful. We are supposed to be the highfalutin spiritual people. If we don't have our head in the game then who the fuck will, and how the fuck can we expect anybody else to? This thing uses a hummingbird heart. It's a great trick. It uses a hummingbird heart, and you need some pins and needles, and this, that, and this, and I'm going to go get a hummingbird, and I'm going to go kill the hummingbird, and I'm going to cut his tiny little heart out, and I'm going to use the hummingbird heart. Okay, but hummingbirds are becoming seriously endangered. I know they're all over my place. Okay, but your place is a singular place. What about the rest of the place? There's a lot of use of frogs in hoodoo. Population is in trouble. Frog population being in trouble means that we have problems with insects. So if you happen to see a frog, then you just go, aha, frog. 
list goes on and on and on. Hey, here's one. Would you like to use Devil's Bit in a spell or a mojo bank? It's a re- really good root. It's a really good root. Really potent. I mean, it's kick-ass. Well, you're going to have to grow it yourself. You, you can't buy it. It goes on. We have a responsibility. We have to take that responsibility. If you want to go into this and you just want to make a quick buck, hey, well, you know, do your do your do your thing. I mean, yeah, there's always some person trying to make a quick buck, you know. In America, I'm not gonna tell you you can't. But that's all you're in for. You're just a snake oil salesman. You're just here for the money. If you're here because you are called to something, then you have a responsibility. You can't separate the apple from its peel without cutting into the peel. You're a part of this. Now, am I therefore saying you should never do any of these spells ever, blah, 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 blah? No. I'm telling you that you cannot be free and easy about this. And at this point, if you've gotten to become some big hoodoo macha and you're starting to have people listen to you, you have a responsibility to teach. You have a responsibility to your students to say to them, don't just take random turtles and do whatever the fuck you want to them because the turtle population is in trouble. You have to educate yourself. Oh, Jesus Christ, now i got to educate myself about this too? Come on, Professor fucking Porterfield. First of all, you say i got to educate myself about race relations, bigotry, racism, education, books, what's going on in the world, politics, spirituality, what the standing of the church is. I've got to call people out. And now I've got to fucking know about the environment, too. Give me a break. Yeah, I'll give you a break. Get the fuck out of Hooter. Just leave. Just leave. Go start a cult, and you can have a fucking Rolls Royce, and they can drive the Rolls Royce down the little dirt road in Antelope, and you can go past all of your loyal little people in the fields, you know, harvesting the soybean for you, and you can just wave to them. Yes, hello, enlightened ones. Aren't we all enlightened working in my fields? Yes, go do that. Hell! The way the... The way the Protestant churches go become a fucking pastor. They'll apparently let you get away with fucking anything. Go on QVC. Do whatever you want. But if you want to stay here, yeah, you got to do all that. That was part and parcel of it. Didn't you know that when you got in? Didn't you figure that out? Didn't you know that it was hard fucking work? Well, we can't all be expected to do that. Really? We can't all be expected to do that. All right, then you take one thing and you do all of that thing, and I'll take another thing, and then together we'll be covering it. See, when people say shit like that, what they mean is, I don't want to. I want what I want, how I want, when I want, where I want. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I don't want to give back. Well, if you don't give back, where are you going to get? If you're not going in the kitchen and cook and all you're going to do is fucking eat, pretty soon you ain't going to be asked to dinner. You ain't going to wash the dishes. You ain't going to clean the table. You ain't going to do shit. 
What's tonight's discussion about? Tonight's discussion is about cleaning the goddamn table. Told you before. If you don't know what table you sit at, you go hungry. I've told you before, wash your hands. Be polite to your hosts. I've told you before, acknowledge your fucking kin that are in the kitchen. I've told you before, watch the recipe and learn rather than just making up something on your own and throwing a bunch of fucking cumin in the fucking meatloaf. I've told you before. Now tonight I'm telling you, you got to get out of the goddamn chair when the meal is done, say thank you and help clean the fucking table. You can't just go out into nature and pick any goddamn plant you want, dig up any goddamn root you want. Do you know how to take a root? It, can that root be taken without killing the plant? And if it can, do you know how to take the part of the root that doesn't kill the plant that you're going to use? If it kills the plant, how many closed plants are there? Are you putting back in? What about the animals? Habits are? Do you know what there is going on with them? If you're going to take spell remains and you leave spell remains wherever the hell you want, not wherever the hell you want, but where it's supposed to be left, are you doing that in a sane and responsible manner? Or are you just putting more garbage in the world? Not that the spiritual work was garbage, but when you walk away from it and it's done, are you leaving glass everywhere? Petroleum wax everywhere? What, what are you doing? Now, people are going to say, this is all well and good, and I see what you're saying, but what the fuck can I do? I'm over-fucking-whelmed. I recycle in my house. I do my little bit. I try to, you know, try to do this, that, and the other. But what can I do in the bigger scope of things? I have to rely on commercial this. I have to trust people that. Well, first of all, yes, you do. You always have to trust somebody in this life. You can't do everything for yourself. Certainly specialization is not the way to go for humans, but by the same token, we can't do every fucking thing. You'd need a community. Hopefully you're putting one together. And I mean a spiritual community. What you can do is this. If you can grow it, instead of buy it, grow it. If you can promote safe, spaces for animals do so. If you see a zoological entity that you need to use for a spell component, you can stop and check yourself and say, should I? What's going on with these animals? If you use a mineral component, a mineral curiosity, you can stop and say, how, how did I get it? See, I know people that are very, very careful about where they get their roots and where they get their herbs and where they get their dried flowers and leaves and twigs and sticks and every part of the plant. They're very, very careful about it. And they're very, very careful about how they deal with their animal part usages from roadkill, from you know trusted people who do their best to not impact the environment in a negative way, etc. But let me tell you what they always forget. They're minerals. They just buy alum like it's going out of business. They'd give a shit. Salt? Meh. Whatever. The more pink and Nepalese it is, the better. 
They're not too careful with ammonia. They don't give a shit. You got to think about this. I tell you all this because up till now, in our in the kitchen section, I have not discussed any of these particular things. These potentially environmentally impacting plants or minerals, because I couldn't. I hadn't said this to you yet. I have to say this to you first, so you know. And at the end of the day, all I can say to you is this. You don't live anywhere else. You're right here. You're right here. This is your home. No matter what race, what sex, what creed, what ethnicity, what country you were born into, you were born on planet Earth. And that's where you're going to live your whole damn life. And that's where you're going to die. That's where your ancestors lived. And that's where they died. And if you don't care about that, as a spiritual individual, as a magical individual, well, that's a hell of a lot of trouble that's going to come out of you. You're going to be a real force for destruction. Because you got power, baby. And you know you got power. So why not at least keep the house clean? Why not at least not kill everybody else, human and otherwise, that's in the house with you? Because if we don't stop, if we don't stop, you may not believe it. And I am not a catastrophe-based individual. I don't believe in the catastrophe model. I believe in the graduation model. But I'm here to tell you, if we don't stop, a catastrophe's coming. All fall down, go boom. 100, 200 years later, maybe Earth heals. But all go down, boom. And you're going to be left with no drinkable water, almost already there. No animals, getting closer every day. No decent air, Depends on where you are right now. Soon that's going to get to the point that you can't escape it. No livable temperature range. No nothing. You're just going to be looking around saying, what's going on? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, what's happening? Oh, Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. 
Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Wednesday, 5 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursday, 6 to 7.30. And On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand, Saturdays, noon to 3. All time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Speak of the devil. Summon the devil. Thank you, Troll Talhead, for that announcement each and every week. We do have two small changes to it. Now, on Wednesdays, we have On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 8 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston has moved to Saturdays. That's right, Saturdays. 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Why not tune on in and catch them? Well, I am sorry to tell you that our own dear friend, Count Goulash, is not here with us tonight. No, he's not. Count Goulash is in Houston, Texas for a convention of old uh, TV show, uh, primarily horror show hosts. Uh, He's down there. We hope he's having a great time. Uh, Last time I saw him, he sent me a picture on my uh, phone today of him with Cassandra Peterson. If you don't know who Cassandra Peterson is, she's uh, uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. So uh, good good luck and, and good work. Uh, <laughs> Count Goulash. So, right now, here's a word from our sponsors by our own, that's right, from the first and second ba- Quimby Baptist Church, Miss Loretta Evans. Hello, all. This is Miss Loretta Evans again, and I'm here to talk to you about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. Lucky Mojo is both an online magical shop and a real magical store that you can visit. We, they carry a full line of handmade spiritual supplies, including occult oils, incense, I love their incense, powders, candles, herbs, mojo bags, spiritual soaps, books, and spell kits. For those who cast magic spells, love spells, money spells, and protection spells in African-American hoodoo, pagan magic, and other witchcraft traditions. Why not stop on by and visit them? That's the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. And you can even bring your kids. They have the most amazing train set, and they run trains on it all the time. It is so precious. You will just love seeing it. And then you can go over and visit the world's smallest church. That's right, the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church. And take a few moments in quiet meditation and prayer there. Isn't that lovely? Before going on inside the shop and browsing through the aisles and seeing the thousands of different things that they have there from all over the world. But if you can't make it, don't worry, it's okay, because you can go and visit them online at www.luckymojo.com and look through their amazing catalog. Oh, it is just so wonderful. It just has the best art 
that I have ever seen. You know, these, that all the pictures are just so beautiful, and I just, oh, my God, I just admire everything Miss Cat's done there so much. So once again, that's the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California, or online at luckymojo.com. Tell them Miss Loretta Evans sent you, and bless your heart. Well, all right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Miss. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Loretta Evans. Up next, a little segment I like to call Secrets of That's right, the secrets of scriptural sorcery. This week, we're going to be talking about the mezuzah. The mezuzah? Yes, the mezuzah. You can think of it as kind of a an arrow on the doorpost. Yeah. 
mezuzahs are one of those things that crossed over, became an admixture part of hoodoo. We know that there are different things that came into hoodoo from uh, Asian cultures, from Native American cultures, from Jewish cultures. And in the 20th century, uh, Jews freely shared the magic of the mezuzah with African-American root doctors. In fact, mezuzahs were sold via ads in the Chicago Defender, and you can also find them in, the, as one example, the 1951 Cloverhorn Hoodoo Catalog from Baltimore. What was said of these was, and I will quote, many people carry the Hebrew mezuzah as a good luck token to ward off evil and attract favorable vibrations. Each mezuzah contains sacred writings written on parchment in a highly polished case. The folklore of the mezuzah closely parallels its religious significance. Jewish custom states that if you move, you should leave the mezuzah for the next occupant. So certain rental properties and homes had become desirable because of the mezuzah affixed to them. And you will find in Hoodoo and in Conjure that people believe that the mezuzah repels evil. Some say that a house lacking one is ill-fortuned. And today there are still many people, not only observant Jews, but others who will affix a mezuzah charm to their doorpost of their house and even some to their cars. I know of one, at least one, well-known, very potent, very skilled uh, worker who the house that they own had mezuzah. They had mezuzot already affixed to the house when they acquired the property. Those mezuzot did not have their scrolls anymore, and this worker affixed inside the mezuzot that were already affixed to the property that they purchased other things, herbs, roots, curios, etc. So you see this idea that these properties that have them attached to them as being lucky or fortunate starts to creep into this culture. And then, of course, we have nowadays certain people uh, who self-describe themselves as uh, messianic Christians. I'm not sure how you could be a Christian and not believe in the that Christ was the Messiah. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But they will also fix mezuzah to their houses. Now, in biblical times, mezuzah simply meant the doorpost of the house. And so we have examples of this, such as in Exodus 12, 7, 22, and 23, the mezuzah was where the blood was applied at the first Passover. We see it in Exodus 21, 6, where a servant who wanted to serve his master for life had his ear pierced at the mezuzah. 
and also in 1 Samuel 1.9, where Eli the prophet sat by the mezuzah of the sanctuary. And again, here, we're literally talking about the doorpost rather than what would come about later, this talismanic box containing the scroll. As time went on, the meaning of the word shifted from the doorpost to that box, and finally to the scroll contained in the box, which is inscribed with text from Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. And these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thy heart, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates, as well as Deuteronomy 11:13-21. Now on the reverse of the scroll is the name of God, Shaddai, the Almighty, which is an acronym for Shomer Dalot Yisrael, guardian of the doors of Israel. Shin, the first letter of Shaddai, Shema and Shomer Dalot Yisrael, as often used as a decorative feature, the actual letter Shin, the Hebrew letter, is used as a decorative feature of the mezuzah case. You can find mezuzah in a number of places, and in fact, the boxes themselves without the scrolls can be somewhat affordable. They range from intensely cheap, tawdry, looking plastic containers that I would never affix to my property, but you might want to, all the way up to luxurious, ridiculous things of gold and silver, which again I would never affix to the door of my house either. When you see a mezuzah attached to a doorpost, you will note that it is not horizontal, nor is it upright, vertical. It is pointed at an angle. Uh, you almost always find them in this way. And you will find that it also has a crown and a point. Uh, uh, Catherine and I are talking at exactly the same time. All right, all right, yes, it does. It, has, it often has pointed ends with a crown at one end and a, a point at the other end, and they are quite beautiful. Why does it point at an angle? Well, it points at an angle because back in the Talmudic days, a number of rabbis got into a debate about whether it should be horizontal or it should be vertical. No, don't shut up. Don't shut up. Please, I just think it's hysterical that we're both talking at the same time about the exact same issue. I think that's wonderful. Please do not shut up, Catherine. <laughs> I just hear the two Jews, and we're both in unison almost. It's in stereo where available. And so <laughs> the angle was seen as a solution between these two arguments that no firm ruling could ever be had on. Should it be pointing vertical to point to God, or should it be pointing horizontal to point into the house? But the idea of the mezuzah containing its scrolls in the folk magic tradition is that it brings the presence of God into the house, that it sanctifies the house, that it brings the 
spirit of the Almighty in protection over the house. And you will also find amongst highly observant Jews that within the house, they will have multiple mezuzahs at the doorposts of each room. So there's the idea of this, we're bringing it into each and every room. And this entered into hoodoo because African Americans saw this going on. They saw this going on. They saw it as being lucky. They saw it as being sanctified. And they began to adopt the practice. They also began to, amongst themselves, and I have actually personally been a part of one very heated debate between two people, they would start to compete amongst themselves to be the first to be able to rent or buy a property that already had mezuzot affixed to it. I know that to be fact. I know that not only from my history, I know that not only from talking from fellow Jews, but I have personally been in a rather heated, like, no, I'm going to rent this place, no, fuck you, I'm getting it first. And the reason was because the house was considered lucky. That made the house lucky, A, because it was sanctified, therefore the family would be safe, therefore it could be a, a good place for you to live that had the spirit of the Lord over it. Also, it was seen as being lucky as it would protect you from the law, not just if you were running an illegal operation out of it, bootlegging back in the day, gambling, dice, etc., but also simply because, as we well know, and as we see to this goddamn day, there is often a terrifying component of the police establishment that is in conflict with the African-American community simply because they are African-American. And now I've even told you of at least one, like I say, one well-known hoodoo worker, root worker, who filled their mezuzah not with the scroll, but with other components that we see from hoodoo. So in this case, you're seeing it almost like a mojo bag or a bottle spell, except they're using it in the same intention that it was used within the Judaic tradition, within the Hebraic tradition, and now it's come full circle. Now we've actually, we're actually using the case to contain roots and herbs and curios. So this is the mezuzah. You've probably seen them around. If you live anywhere where there are Jews or where there were Jews, and now you know, and now you know, I would like to also mention that there have been a number of pivotal legal cases in the United States, in Chicago, and re the most recent one being in Texas, about individuals having the religious right to affix mezuzah to the outside of their doors. Uh, in this case, it was uh, homeowners associations, and landlords, etc., saying, no, no, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. And I am happy to report that in each case, the individuals won their cases, and you are allowed to fix them. So this week I would suggest you go out and look up mezuzah and see how they entered in. And perhaps you, too, will find a use for the protective mezuzah upon your doorposts, and upon your house. As always, 
Our Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery segment comes to us from Hoodoo Bible Magic, Sacred Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery by Miss McHale and myself, and we thank her for its use and inclusion in the show each and every week. Up next, we're going to go into the kitchen, and apparently there are rattlesnakes. There are rattlesnakes in the kitchen! I, I have no idea why there are rattlesnakes in the, my kitchen, but I got to tell you, it's given me a bad case of the rattlesnakes. further, I would like to tell you that 
Although rattlesnakes tend to avoid developed areas and do prefer undisturbed natural habitats, rapid habitat destruction by humans, mass killings during events such as rattlesnake roundups, and deliberate extermination campaigns have and do pose threats to rattlesnake population in many areas. In fact, several species of rattlesnake, including the timber rattlesnake and the canebrake rattlesnake, are currently listed as threatened or endangered in many U.S. states. So you see, you need to do your research. You need to find out. You need to consider how you're affecting nature. A large number of rattlesnakes do, however, die from being run over by cars, and therefore you could, in some good conscience, use that roadkill. In more heavily populated and trafficked areas, reports have been increasing of something unique, something exceptional, something amazing. You see, you can only knock at nature so long. All right. You can only knock at it so long before nature finds her way around you. And then you got to watch out. See, you mess with the system, system changes. What do I make mention of here? The increasing reports of rattlesnakes that no longer rattle. That's right. We're starting to have more and more reports of rattlesnakes not rattling. Uh, just for all you science-minded kids, this is called selective pressure. The selective pressure exhibited on the rattlesnakes by humans is that humans will kill the snake if they discover it. Therefore, non-rattling snakes are more likely to go unnoticed, so they survive to reproduce offspring that, like themselves, are less likely to rattle. Isn't that great? I mean, you just get to walk through the field and step on it. Congratulations. Isn't that nice? See? Nature has her ways. La belle dansance Marseille. Rattlesnakes are a group of venomous snakes, and there are 36 known species of rattlesnakes, and they have between 65 and 70 subspecies. And they are all native to the Americas, ranging from southern Alberta and southern British Columbia in Canada down to central Argentina. And they are predators that live in a wide variety of habitats and hunt small animals such as birds and rodents. Uh, they give off a threat that they may engage in envenomation, and they do so by the loud shaking of their uh, titular noisemaker or rattle at the end of their tail. And that deters predators from getting near them. Look out! Leave me alone or I'll bite you and you'll die. And rattlesnakes primarily are preyed upon by hawks, weasels, king snakes, and a variety of other uh, species. Rattlesnakes are quite unique to hoodoo in that they are absolutely, absolutely a part of hoodoo that comes from the Native American contributions to hoodoo, as well as being indicative of the fact that hoodoo is, in fact, 
a American experience because they do not exist anywhere but the Americas. You won't find rattlesnakes in Africa. So that tells you right there their importance. They have a long history in folk magic, and that dates back to pre-Columbian times. Uh, and its body is used very much like that of other snakes, but its special reputation for bravery is due to the fact that it shakes its rattle to warn its victims. Uh, and in fact, you can see that on the Revolutionary War flag with its slogan, Don't Tread on Me. Can the rattlesnake be used for? Well, uh, you can use it as a musician's charm. Fiddlers and guitar players, including my son, place rattlesnake rattles in their instruments because they believe this will help them to play better and to win uh, picking and fiddling contests. You can use a rattlesnake to put live things in an enemy. You shake a rattlesnake rattle in the water, which your victim will drink, and live things, such as snakes, will grow in the victim's stomach. This can normally be expelled by eating garlic. Rattlesnake can be used for power or luck. If you carry a rattlesnake rattle in a conjure bag as an emblem of courage, personal mastery, and luck, but to keep it from fragmenting, you should first place it inside a small bottle or metal case. You can use rattlesnake fat as a curative rub. Rattlesnake fat is a powerful ointment. Rub it on any painful body part or stroke the whole body downwards to expel conjure poisons. This can also be done by the use of a powdered rattlesnake. Uh, so you get a powdered rattlesnake, they dry the rattlesnake and they powder the entire body, and then that rattlesnake powder can be added to oh, lard or grease, uh, and then heated and then allowed to cool again. And this is, again, a very good ointment, not only uh, for use uh, against arthritis, but some report that it has success against paralyzation, often brought on by stroke. So these are just a few of the examples that of things you can do with the rattlesnake. Also, supposedly rattlesnake blood can be gathered uh, and used to put live things in people as well. But primarily we see a lot of the use of the rattlesnake rattle. I have heard of some people adding a certain portion of powdered rattlesnake to their goofer powder as well, particularly when they wished it to have a more mm, potent attack to it. However, this would be in a case where you might not be scattering it quite as secretly as you normally would, again, because of the rattlesnake's reputation of bravery and announcement. There are a great variety of uses of rattlesnake in hoodoo and conjure as well as in other spiritual practices that stand alongside it. And I encourage you this week to go out and study the rattlesnake. And I mean study the rattlesnake. Find out where the rattlesnake lives. Find out how the rattlesnake lives. Find out what's going on with its environment. Find out if rattlesnakes are endangered in your area. Find out what you're going to do, rattlesnake. Find out if you are buying rattlesnake sheds or rattlesnake rattles or rattlesnake powdered rattlesnake or rattlesnake fangs 
or skins from someone, find out how they get it and where it comes from and where are they and what's going on with the rattlesnakes there. As I told you earlier, there are 36 known species of rattlesnakes, 65 to 70 subspecies. So learn about this before you start using it. And by all means, if you are not a trained hepatologist, if you do not know what you are doing, please do not approach live rattlesnakes. Please do not think you can just go out there and, I'll catch me a rattler. <laughs> then we're going to take them on down here. We're going to go down here. And we're going to make some, make, some, make, some, make some cornbread and some beans and listen to him rattle <laughs> down here in the mines. Don't, don't do that. Just, just leave him alone. Leave the, leave the rattlesnake the hell alone, okay? Uh, but do look into how you are purchasing the components of a rattlesnake if you do. And if you are already doing that, definitely take a step back and consider where you're getting it. Our In the Kitchen section comes to us each and every week from Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic, a Materia Magica of African-American Conjure by Miss Catherine Ironwood. And we thank her for its use and inclusion in the show each and every week. Well, we've had a great fun time tonight. We've had some great music. And unfortunately, Count Goulash wasn't here, but he'll probably be back next week. And just a wonderful time. And I hope that you will really consider what I had to say this week. It is terribly, terribly important. You can go off and stick your head in the stand and refuse to look at it. You can say it's not your problem, but it is your problem. It does go on. You know, you may think I'm even silly for bringing up that you need to consider where you get your mineral components from. But let me ask you this, kitties, for you. Seriously, how's that whole tungsten situation going? How's it, it all working out fine? Huh? How you light bulbs? Huh? This does affect you in incredibly tiny ways. Like fucking light bulbs. This affects every part of your life. This affects the air you breathe, the water you drink, the food you eat. This, this affects the chromosomal integrity of your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. This affects your spirit. And you're supposed to be a spiritual worker. So just like I've told you, you can't do this work and just sit by while these things happen in our justice system, in our law system, and in our political systems. You cannot just sit by while these things happen in our ecological systems. Me? I'm honestly not too concerned about it because la belle dame sans merci. If we can't figure our shit out, <laughs> we'll go the way of the dodo. And there you go. And if that doesn't bug you, and if you're happy, just tooling around with human extinction on your back, be my fucking guest. Do me a favor. Don't get up in my face about how spiritual and how in tune you are about what a dedicated worker you are when you don't even have a concept that, well, 
the next thing coming up, if we don't do something, is the end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning.